Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. We'll be a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to... Lots to look forward to on tonight's show. We've got uh, the debut of uh, Taya Valkyrie in ring, of course. Uh, we've got uh, really... Hard-hitting match if your name is Daniel Garcia and a championship match. But first, Bingo! that is the klaxon signify breaking news. Because literally, as we were walking into the studio, Sige, uh, Tony Khan has tweeted about tonight's show featuring the likes of uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ray Phoenix um, and the JS versus the Bollywood Boys. But he's also said he has an announcement today as part of a long-awaited dream match for next week's Dynamite. Wilborn, before we get to that, what am I looking at on my phone right now? It's not your alarm. It's not my alarm because realistically, I could just go on Twitter and find out the answer to the dream match mm-hmm. without watching the show, which does look pretty damn good. There are two matches in particular I'm hyped for. Two matches that don't resolve the core issue with Rampage. Mm-hmm. That is a distinctly B, if not C-level show at this point. But of the two matches that look the best tonight were added to a Dynamite that had a great star-packed main event, you'd think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. More, it's more <laughs> like, yeah, than yeah, yeah. at the moment. Um, so I'm not setting my alarm. As I've told you, I did not show you the alarm. But it should be canny enough. Are we going to talk about the dream match now? I'll save it till the end for retention. Very smart move. Let's talk instead about the TNT Championship match tonight. Then Powerhouse's Hobbs's first defense against one Ray Phoenix. Quite the quite the first defense. This rather than just some jobber. <laughs> it should be a very oh very interesting. <laughs> In the words of Ilya Dragunov, uh, check out our insane. Yeah. NXT preview and review podcasts on a 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from to make sense of that nonsense. <laughs> um, I've got no idea how these are going to match up mm. stylistically. I've got an idea of how they're going to build the match where Phoenix can try all of his just intoxicating, impossible, breathtaking aerials that Powerhouse Hobbs could just brush off at first and then he could slowly get brought to his knees and then you build near falls and dramas on the uh, drama on the back of that. But my concern here, right, is that the presence of QT Marshall Ugh. is just going to uh, create referee distractions and, ah, uh, Phoenix would have bloody won if it weren't for that dastardly QT Marshall. Whatever happened to... All right, Powerhouse Hobbs is absolutely massive. Mm. Phoenix put up an absolutely incredible fight. He just got beat by a monster. Mm. I'm not necessarily saying that QT will play a role in Hobbs's pretty predictable, assured victory, but that's the uh, that's a danger for me. Um, Phoenix got beat off Lance Archer in this dynamite match in early 2021 that just ruled... And did I think any less of Phoenix for losing a great match to a far bigger and more imposing physical threat? No, I didn't. Did anybody else? No, they didn't. Because Phoenix, months later, worked the match of the year mm. alongside Penta opposite the Young Bucks in a steel cage all out. So there is absolutely no or very, very little danger in pinning someone clean and the fans turning against them. It just doesn't happen mm. anymore. We're all hip and wise to carny shenanigans, and we're not thick enough, frankly, <laughs> to think, oh, you know what? Bloody win for QT Marshall. Phoenix would have won that. It just, the heat will go on the booker if they do this, at this point for me, incredibly redundant carny North American approach to um, match finishes. So that is the threat for me that QT is going to ruin it. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this on the, the Dynamite Review, still available right now. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. You always have a nice phrase. Is it monkey's paw? Monkey's paw. Where it's like, oh, I wish Powerhouse Hobbs had a title. I wish he was TNT champion. Well, you can have that, but you've got all this other bollocks that goes with it. Like It's that we famous the, Simpsons guy. Yeah, when we saw the book of Hobbs, you were like, right, first of all, it doesn't need to be a physical fucking book, guys. Yeah. And second of all... Probably a baby face, but okay, he can just be this ass kicker. And then they're like, no, what if we had this? And, I, you know, nothing against QT Marshall. I mainly don't want him to go after me on Twitter, if I'm perfectly honest. But, like, he doesn't need this TMZ-esque, white-teethed arsehole with him. Because, like you say, he could just go, Ray, you're an incredibly talented guy. You've held titles, but I'm going to fucking truck you. And then maybe even post-match. What I'd like is, like you say, a valiant defeat for Ray. And then Powerhouse Hobbs goes, no, I've suffered my entire life. You've not suffered enough in this match. Yeah. I'm going to kill you even more. And then you can get a Penta match out of this as well. Yeah. But I just... sense, yeah, you're going to get like, oh, uh, check out why this is better on QTV next week. Oh, I just don't know why Hobbs has been sucked into this nonsense. In fact, I kind of do. So it's a, air quotes you can't see, it's an audio medium, TMZ parody. It's using... Um, imagery and the like associated with TMZ. But the real heel, 
that AEW is trying to portray here is the wrestling media. It's a riff on the fact that the wrestling media have quite rightly criticized the booking of Wardlow. So they are fictionalizing through QTV <laughs> the wrestling media yeah. to bury Wardlow. And that's the story. What? <laughs> It's like, you know what I mean? If you've yeah. got some of the absolute worst bad faith analysts making a good point, okay, then you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think a single person could credibly say, and I've got a little bit more to say on this, actually, if you permit me a little mm-hmm. bit of a rant, uh, a tangent. Mm-hmm. If you've got the worst wrestling analysts and some of the better ones or the ones who try to do good stuff in good faith, I like saying, you know what, you've botched Wardlow. He's nowhere near as hot. Like, everyone across the board, I think, is in agreement. Meltzer, the worst ones, me. <laughs> so there is a problem there. But they are seemingly, or QT Marshall is, trying to lambast the media and blame them mm. for suggesting that there's a problem with the Wardlow push and the way his character has been handled. And now this feels like a really pissy defensive Mm. way of trying to work that element of the Wardlow story into the fiction. And it's dire. Mm. It's absolutely goddamn dire. And I don't know where they get off, to be honest. I don't. It feels so pissy. It's not a million miles away, this QTV thing, from... Um, Herb Abrams and little Davey Meltzer, observe this, brother. It's AEW's version of that and how badly they must have botched this because they used to be the bloody promotion that everyone was biased towards. This is little Davey Meltzer stuff, and I cannot stand it. And it's not the media's fault that, or the wrestling media's fault, that Wardlow's push got bungled. It's AEW's fault, and... QT Marshall picking fights with people on Twitter saying, oh, this is a bit rubbish. Oh, you haven't been in the wrestling industry, so how would you know? I've got a lot of points to make here. I'm going to try and keep on a track. You haven't been in the wrestling business, so how would you know, right? One thing first. Tony Khan wasn't in the wrestling business. He was a wrestling fan, a hardcore obsessive fan, how long did it take him to succeed in pro wrestling? The answer is four hours because the very first show he promoted, Double or Nothing 2019, was this seminal, unbelievable, life-affirming, goddammit, success. Mm-hmm. And he obviously there was some planning that went into it. He didn't just turn up on the day. <laughs> but equally, he didn't just put loads of great wrestlers who happened to be free to sign contracts against each other in matches. He booked it. Mm. Promos, the angles, that closing angle. He did the trifecta on the first attempt. So you cannot tell me that you have to have years of experience to form an opinion Mm. on wrestling to be taken seriously. His boss disproves that. Mm -hmm. His boss doesn't seem to endorse this attitude because he's always talking about how the fans drive AEW's content. So it just feels like QT's got an axe to grind mm. and it just feels like he's, he's his Twitter conduct, and I don't know if I'm being worked, and if I am, it's worse because it's so exhausting, but his Twitter conduct is basically, you know, oh, everyone else is a brain genius. Well, they got this wrong, they got this wrong. You have to do this to be um, credible and all the rest of it. It's like something was bad. 
deal with it and make it better. Yeah. Um, have thicker skin. And he claims to not have thin skin, and that's what really annoys me. Um, one thing I will say in AEW's defense, right, okay, is that WWE, with the exception of the Bloodline stuff, Cody's amazing promos, and, you know, the Dom Ray stuff has been built fabulously. And I can say that. It's yeah. not to my taste, but they've done a fantastic job of that. Outside of that, WWE's output is so criminally dull <laughs> that it's almost a cheat code to, like, just get away from the discourse. And I can probably, if I'm being nice to QT and Tony Khan, who ultimately is responsible yeah. for this, if I'm going to be nice, I will say that. There are, and I don't want to name names, I don't want to be drawn into any online arguments because God knows QT versus Raj Giri was insufferable. Oh. It was, it was al it's almost good when you see something like that pop off on Twitter because if you know that's all your timeline looks like, you can be satisfied that literally now it's going on in the world of wrestling. <laughs> yes, yeah. Enjoy your weekend. I love it when something terrible pops off because, like, cool, if that's what people are talking about, there's nothing to talk about. So I don't want to get drawn into something like that because it's so goddamn boring. But the hand-wringing and pearl-clutching of the Wardlow push, for me, is a symptom of biased wrestling media, who a lot of them favor WWE. It, people think it's the other way around. It is not. And it's a consequence of WWE being so boring, and I'll get an example for you imminently, that it's not worth talking about. Mm. It just isn't. So it's disproportionate, I think, the Wardlow conversation to so much of what WWE does. And on that level, you can kind of understand maybe AEW going, well, hang on. Yeah. Why aren't you burying this? And it's not just, you know, Raj Giri. There are way more WWE favoring, WWE leaning media analysts. And I've got names in my head. I'm not yeah. going to bury them on main because I can't be asked who'll go, ah, Tony Khan's done a pretty rubbish job of Wardlow. What about Karrion Cross, Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis, Hit Row? What about Asuka? What about Bianca Belair? Ronda Rousey. What about Ronda Rousey? It's so weighted in Wardlow because that's the thing. That's the conversation. That's how these people engage their WWE-leaning audiences. Jesus Christ, look at something like the Gunther Drew Sheamus build. It was telegraphed within an inch of its life during the Royal Rumble match. You knew you were getting a triple threat. What have they done with those three wrestlers that has been unpredictable, compelling? What great promos have you seen? What great angles have you seen? It's so root one, tedious booking, but it's just too boring to even yeah. be a thing. So I can vaguely understand why this Wardlow stuff is so disproportionate. It's in such bad faith, but masquerading as good faith because some of these people are... Some of them are so thick, yet they're clever enough to pinpoint, right, we can go after that because that's one of the few things they're getting really, really wrong. And I do understand. I know I'm a bit all over the place here, but I do think it's a complex topic. Mm. I can understand why they've gone, you know what, if we're just going to bury you through the medium of yeah. our TV. I can understand why they're doing it. I don't endorse it. I don't find it entertaining. But there is a double goddamn standard yeah. pertaining to this Wardlow stuff. And I can... I'm a pretty pissy defensive guy when I want to be. So that energy, I can understand. I think there's a there's a scenario where this gimmick works. Not with Powerhouse Hobbs. He doesn't need it, and he's dragged down by it, by, in my opinion. 
But just as an example, as you were talking there, I was thinking about this. And they wouldn't have done it at the time because they were just in seminal, straight out of the gate form. But, like, can you imagine if, let's say, QT Marshall is managing, maybe this is, no offence to him, too much of a jobber, but he's managing Peter Avalon, for example. A a, a much lower, I don't want to pick, like, a Ricky Starks or anyone like that, really, even at the time I'm talking about. But imagine if they did this sort of weird thing of, like, (laughs) take, like you say, sending up media who've gone OTT with something like this. When Kenny Omega went 10 minutes with, was it Alan Angels? Six minutes. Well, yeah, but whatever it yeah. was. And people were like, he can't go anymore, or he's, he's missed loss. Like, there's a there's a scenario where this works, where you send up them going, I think we can beat Kenny Omega, because he, he sucks now, apparently. Because yeah. he took six minutes with Alan Angels. Wilborn, I think this is a great idea, and I'm not being, like, I'm not just doing a bit. Just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. But like you say, for this, it doesn't work. Um, especially not for a powerhouse Hobbs figure. So hopefully tonight, to bring it back to the match, no offence to him, murder Ray Phoenix and just have powerhouse Hobbs be powerhouse Hobbs. But I think you're right, we're probably going to get some shenanigans with QTV. Even if it's not necessarily QT, maybe that they're going to start introducing more of the, the wider cast of the Aaron Solos and the like. Um, it's also in danger of being the match that isn't remembered for the biggest trucking on Friday night. Because, I mean, I'm going to word this nicely. Daniel Garcia is getting fed to Brody King. He is. My cynical WWE brain got a bit worried when I saw this was announced because it feels on some level like a neat way to build to a one-on-one JAS versus House of Black trios title match, right? Um, And I still, because of WWE... I'm sorry, because of years of this, one of my first impulses was, oh, don't be Brody King for this. Uh, and then I realized I just had a word with myself and thought it's not going to happen. I think instead they are going to further the Sammy yep. Garcia angle with this. The idea being that Garcia is good at assisting and helping Guevara win. Guevara just can't pay it forward because he's either an imbecile or he's more interested in getting himself over. And if Garcia loses some matches and it's kind of his fault, that means he's number one in Chris Jericho's heart or something like that. Um, So I think it'll instead hinge on the idea of Guevara thoroughly botching an interference attempt, getting maybe choked out over the top rope like the Darby Allen spot. Maybe you get like a flash roll up and then Brody kick out a one and then just destroy Garcia. What a fascinating stylistic clash is yeah. this is on paper. I think this match could be great. Again, no noise, no hype. But I think people have just stopped talking about Rampage in general. It would have to be a five-star adjacent match for fans to say something along the lines of, Jesus Christ, you have to watch Rampage this week. And much of that has to do with the fact that you get a four-star every week. Those dynamites where you don't get something at the four-star level, you think, well, that's a disgrace. What are they (laughs) thinking not giving me like this absolutely great TV match? So there's a bit of that there where greatness has been so normalized that it would be a conversation of, oh, God, avoid Rampage. It was dog rough uh, this week from the people live at the tapings. That would be more likely to be the conversation. Oh, it was Rampage. Of course, there was like a three and a half, three and three quarter star match <laughs> on. It was Rampage. There always is, but it's just a bit 
redundant at this point. Yeah, I think I maybe there's more hope than expectations, but I think this is the beginning of the end for the JAS as we know it. I think you're right. I think run its course. I think if, you, it ever, if, it, if it ever was even out the blocks, Garcia can break off from there. You can still have, you know, if you're going to keep Jericho around because every time we write him off, he does something. You're like, oh, okay, all right, one more run with the sex gods. I'm going to allow that. So there's, I think there's still scope for something like that with Sammy, like you say, finally realizing, wait a second, I'm better than this. I'm better than you. And you finally have... I don't know if you can ever make Sammy Cora babyface again, but... Um, Garcia's the one to Garcia, turn Garcia, yeah, and, and and I sense that's going to be part of this, where, yeah, I think you're right. I think we get, you know, slightly different, obviously, but what was it? Was it Guevara Action Andretti last week? Oh, God, I... Garcia helped him win that, and the polar opposite's going to happen I think tonight. Dave gave that 3-3, three and three, ridiculously generous for me, and even he wrote in The Observer this week, this would have cleared four stars two years ago. Hmm... And it probably would have, but again, like, I need more wrestlers with new ideas. But I'll tell you what, Brody King and Daniel Garcia will put together a completely different and unique match, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Um, We had a, I'm going to be incredibly hypocritical yet again on this podcast. We had a, a week of more AEW signings. Tyre Valkyrie's All Elite. Stu Grayson is All Elite again. Um, but rather than sit here and say, oh, no, not another one. Not another one. I think both of these are, are great. Stu Grayson deserved it after that performance on AEW Dynamite. Uh, and Tyre Valkyrie, I think, is going to be a great addition. She's in action tonight. Her in-ring debut for uh, AEW. A straightforward win, obviously, to further the, yeah. the case. Maybe even involving a jaded... Um, for her to challenge for that TBS championship going forward. But yeah, your thoughts on these two signings and Ty's match tonight? Uh, Grayson, I've loved him since the first time I ever saw him wrestle. And 
yeah, he was in a rotten gimmick at first, so he couldn't get over, and it took a while um, for fans to see how great he was. And then by the time the Dark Order started to really get hot, with that just piss funny dynamic between Brody Lee and the rest of them, oh. I loved it so goddamn much. By the time that happened, Grayson was he's not the best TV wrestler. So it was hard for him to get over when increasingly AEW was all about that. And without the fans in attendance losing their minds at what he could do, he kind of just fell off by the wayside. By the wayside in the book and not fell off, he was still an incredible performer. So this is a, this is a shot at redemption for him, and I really hope he grabs it. In fact, I've got no doubt that he'll grab it. It's whether the booking can happen. The guy is so explosive, so propulsive, can win over a crowd like that. What's interesting politically here is that he had an interview with Slam Wrestling, a famous Canadian outlet, um, a few months after his May 2022 release, I think it was. It was only last year, mm. I believe, anyway. Um, yeah, it must have been May 2022. Uh, that he just said he'd rather get paid less and do more mm. than take the offer given to him with no sort of assurances that he was going to be featured heavily on TV. So there's an interesting political aspect here in that, as he said, I'll sign this if I work more, guarantee me some dates, or give me your word and a handshake that I'll be used way more than I was last time. Or did he not ask for that, not get assurance over that, and realize that we've I've made this point several times, there is no number three. It's a shame. There is so much talent in like Impact Wrestling, for example, like that Speedball Bailey, mm -hmm. Joe Hendry's doing great character work, but ultimately, as sad as it is for me to say, no one cares. No. <laughs> like, obviously, Impact's got its audience and it's done well to keep it, and I'm not trying to denigrate Impact or its talent, but truthfully, the number three is so distant because AEW is taking every single selling point as its own selling point. Yeah. The range, the diversity, the everything you like about wrestling in one hub. If um, we were going to launch, uh, we're busy enough as is the three of us. If we were going to launch another podcast, it'd be Ring of Honor, wouldn't it? Right now, yes. And even then, I wouldn't see the uh, appeal. Mm. Quite frankly, um, so maybe Grayson's realised, Christ, I'm not going to go to or get pushed by WWE. I've tried to grind and work these indies, and no one's paying attention because AEW, for better and goddammit, for worse, dominates everything, every form of wrestling every conversation of wrestling mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of the bloody bloodline. It's the destination for the pro wrestler and the pro wrestling fan, and maybe he's come to terms with that. But regardless of what he was told, what he wants to do, what he may or may not do, I hope the very best for him because I think he's incredible. Taya Valkyrie, I just can't work that well in wrestling matches, but you know what? I think this is quite an astute hire from Tony Khan because she can present herself as a star. Her character works really good. And there's already kind of a surplus of women wrestlers who can go. He doesn't put enough of them together on TV. But if you look at the actual roster, mm. Tony Storm, Britt Baker, mm, half of the time, but it doesn't matter because uh, she's so over. Jamie Hayter in particular, Sheeta, Riho. Um, like, there's talent there. Emi Sakura can be slotted in. Willow Nightingale, we love. Willow Nightingale. The talent and the ability, Soho can really go. Yeah. Statland is ready to return shortly. The level of in-ring talent 
isn't the problem, even though you don't really see it often enough. So it is. They don't have that many stars or women who know how to patrol that TV stage yeah. and get over. Ty Valkyrie does. So I think this is quite a savvy signing. Um, this will be a short, brief say, match. squashing it tonight. Yeah, well, she'll obviously be playing situational face. The money in, in her is a heel, like 1 million percent. She can be a baby face with a flamboyant edge with the idea being she can be the slightly more likable and fresher equivalent to Jade Cargill. The money is in her as a heel. I think she'll play, play quite a flamboyant baby face with a bit of a dickheaded edge. <laughs> in a short, short match to maximize her volume. Do not expose her ahead of the Jade match, but this is basics. They'll not do that. Yeah. Uh, check this segue out. Speaking of dickheads, um, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange yeah. are seen by that by some people, not you and I, obviously. Um, but this is part of a wider story of them, of effectively them trying to woo the acclaimed, scissoring T-shirts and what have you. Um, but they're in action tonight, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. They will get an incredible reaction. Of course, this is Canada um, against the Bollywood Boys. The Bollywood Boys, always very talented, are drawing raves for their performances on the yeah. indies as much as that means now. Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. way less than it used to. If there was an act working to the level of the Bollywood Boys and like Defy and elsewhere, they would be like getting raved about online. They would be... Clips of their stuff would be getting shown everywhere on Twitter. Um, they would be getting snapped up, whether a company had room for them or not. The standard's too high, and AEW, yet again, has incorporated indie darlings and the stylistic approach of the super indie into national television to the point where... The indies feel like flatter than they've been since before ROH really exploded. So it's a shame, but this is um, a small measure of like their performances and their hard work being rewarded. Dot, 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 if they get more than three minutes. I feel like this is going to be more of a squash, and it might upset people who like the Bollywood Boys, because it exists, as you say, to further 2.0 versus the acclaimed. Um, I hope you get... Something more out of this than simply a three-minute squash or a two-minute squash followed by a promo. But I suspect that's where it's going. Yeah. I mean, I want to get Daddy Magic on the microphone again. Um, so I sense that maybe the direction that we're heading in. Maybe interference from Jake Hager. I'm just trying to count, count up on my fingers. Jericho will be raving about it on commentary. Uh, Sammy is taken care of. And I'm like, okay, well, who's left? Hager doing something whilst Cool Hanange takes the referee with his knife comb. Samek. There you go. <laughs> that is something. Uh, right, we've got, uh, we've wasted enough time now, Siege. Let's talk about this tweet uh, from Tony Khan. AW Rampage with huge matches tonight. And I'll, I'll do it. He does the matches. I'll do it. Uh, it's, I, I, I did it the other day on the news, and halfway through... I'm getting older now, so this is a... It's, I didn't, never used to You're get this... you Premier League football, man. Yeah. You're doing a Tony Khan impression. Well, this is the thing. I'm getting old now. And I was doing the voice. And it's going all over... You know, he's straining a bit. And I was like, am I going to pass out? Oh, but you ever have that feeling that you get a bit older? And you stand up too quickly. Oh, that's that's the thrill for us now. Gone are the days that we, we used to have in our youth. Anyway. 
Hey, W Rampage, it's huge matches tonight. TLT title, Willie Hobbs versus Ray Phoenix. Oh, he's tagging the Twitter, so I'm messing this up. JS, Bollywood Boys, Time Valkyrie, Davies, Brody King, Garcia. Hello, announcement today of a long-awaited dream match for Wednesday's Dynamite, which will profile on Rampage tonight. So he might drop it, I just realised reading that, on Twitter before he drops it on Rampage, which would be weird. No, this is a hook to get people to watch Rampage, even though it doesn't really work like that. Mm. So what is Tony Khan's big announcement? What is the dream match for usage? As it so often does, Adam Wilborn. Adam Wilborn. <laughs> My mind went to Kenny Omega. Of course. Sometimes it just drifts in that direction. <laughs> uh, multiple times per day, actually. But he's in lieu of Danielson, who's had his dream match run. He could work a dream match with anyone, but you know they've already kind of done that. And he's selling the effects of the Iron Man and taking a break, so it's not going to be him. Who's the next best wrestler or a better wrestler? Than him in AEW, it's Kenny Omega. Like Moxley, Hangman Page, they could obviously be part of a dream match against like a lot of opponents, but I just feel like Kenny's the one. And long-awaited kind of led me in two directions. Not the one I really want. I want Kenny Omega versus Malachi Black. I just... Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because their stuff at Revolution just looked absolutely incredible. In fact, I was kind of cross that they didn't do much more on Dynamite this week. That doesn't fit the description of long-awaited, because I've been awaiting it for like two weeks. So, if it's Kenny Omega and it's long-awaited, that disqualifies Malachi Black. My mind went to Buddy Matthews. A lot of people thought Kenny Omega versus Buddy Murphy would be fascinating because they could work a mirror match. They could sort of do each other's stuff, and then mm-hmm. you could get a sense of, is Buddy Murphy, is his V-trigger almost as good? And it would be quite an interesting thing. Truthfully, I like contrasts more than mirror matches. I find the idea that has taken on a life of its own, that John Cena versus Hiroshi Tanahashi is a dream match. It <laughs> appalls me. It appalls my sensibilities. The idea of Tanahashi idiotically walking into the five moves of doom just breaks my heart. I think that would be a bad match. It'd be a spectacle. It would be massive, but yeah, have some imagination. Mm. Be a booker. If you're going to fantasy book, be a booker for God's sake. So I think that Kenny Omega versus Buddy Matthews would be cuter than it would be a blow away classic, but it is nonetheless long awaited. It is nonetheless something that a lot of pro wrestling fans want to see, but as I load up my own Twitter, right? I saw a tweet that caught my eye, which now makes so much more sense when you read it in parallel with Tony Khan's tweet that dropped literally as we were set to press the record button. Lucha Blog, at Lucha Blog on Twitter. He is the preeminent resource on Lucha Libre. Him and Rob Viper are the two accounts, the two guys that um, really um, are just known as the Mm. people to trust for insider news for, if you like Lucha Libre, we'll watch everything and tell you what you need to prioritize. They're the two fountains of knowledge. And Lucha Blog, seven hours ago, or in fact, he wrote this on Wednesday, screenshotted his own work to Twitter seven hours ago, wrote, I previously wrote in the space that I believed Vikingo... Mm. El Hijo del Vikingo, Triple H Mega Champion, Triple A Mega Champion, 
Triple H is a Triple H mega champion, of course. Yeah. How much he sucks his own kick. I believe Vikingo would appear in AEW whenever Triple A, AEW, and Vikingo could figure out a date. My understanding is Vikingo isn't wrestling in Mexico during the middle of the week for the rest of the month. He's not in Winnipeg tonight for Dynamite, but expect to hear news about him turning up on future AEW shows soon. Maybe even name-checked tonight. Please put those two tweets together. He's going to probably get name-checked on uh, Rampage when they advertise Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Have we got to the mid-roll yet? We're way past that. Well, okay, let's make a longer podcast then because it needs um, more buttons. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is going to be a great match. It was going to happen, and then it couldn't because Kenny Omega had to vacate the AAA Mega Championship that Vikingo now holds. Politically fascinating in terms of the results because they don't care that much about belts in AAA. But I don't know if they're that... Desperate for Vikingo not to win. Mm. Um, Kenny Omega's probably not going to do a job. And they don't do screwy finishes, so it won't be a DQ or a count out. So there'll be a drama in terms of the results or the finish anyway. In addition to this match being absolutely incredible and mm. spectacular. Like we know how Kenny Omega works against um, someone with a similar working style to Vikingo in Phoenix. The answer is amazingly well. <laughs> yeah. Like euphoric. Exhilarating pro wrestling. Um, so this should be absolutely fantastic in and of itself. If Tony Khan was like, I want to, just want to do something cool, maybe a bit random, but cool. Kenny, do you want to do this? Yeah, of course. Mm. It would be an amazing match if they had a week to put it together. What's particularly mouth-watering here is that Kenny Omega has wanted to work this guy for a long, long, long time in his personal moments when he's just alone with his thoughts, the idea of certain ways to tell the story and what he can do with Vikingo mm. is probably just every now and then just sort of trickled into his brain. Mm. So he's wanted this for a long time. He's probably planned what he wanted to do with him for a long time. Um, this match could be out of this world, even by the standards of televised wrestling in 2023. If this is the match. Well, this is what I was going to say. I love that as an idea, and I now I'm going to be a bit disappointed if it's not that. But I was just reading in the, the tweets, on the replies to this from Tony Khan, so I thought I'd throw three three options at you and you'll get your reactions, your thoughts, the, the feasibility and how much you'd actually want to see them. Uh, at Mr. Fantastic DW writes, triple threat for the number one contender, so a pillars match, basically. Derby versus Jungle versus Sammy. I'd like to see it, but that's not necessarily how I would build the four-way mm. because you've seen 75% of it before the pay-per-view, which feels like they're giving it away. Um, where was the other? There was another couple. The rest of them were obviously Omega matches that I'd spotted. Um, oh, that's the one. Kenny versus uh, Claudio. Claudio Clastagnoli, sorry. Oh my god, oh my god. Dream match. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god. It's one of those, it's now on the table. A lot of AEW matches, I've said this before, it's story driven to a fault this promotion. They rarely just give you something awesome for the hell of it. 
Um, each side is now kind of in one another's business now. So it's on the table because they're sort of linked in the storylines. Politically, don't want to be a, don't want to piss on anybody's chips here, but Claudio ain't doing any jobs until the ROH Supercard as ROH champion. Yeah. And I question the wisdom of beating Kenny Omega too often. And he's just lost the trio's championships. Well, one final option. Uh, and as I say this, he's not here. We recorded the SmackDown preview, which you can get right now. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, over Zoom. You know, you can just sense he's gonna his ears will prick up. Or Jeff whatever. Jarrett versus? Kenny Omega. <laughs> Dream match, long awaited. No one's waited for this other than him. <laughs> It's one of those that, like, he's been vindicated about Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. He has, but he was kind of on an island there. He was probably fantasy booking Kenny Omega and Jeff Jarrett since the first time he watched a Kenny Omega match, but truth be told, he will be the only one. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on what Tony Khan's cooking on Twitter. At what he is goated, though, Khan. I think he's one of the goated boot wrestling bookers. Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. SmackDown preview is available right now. We've got Wrestle Culture with hashtag bloody good, good quiz coming your way later on today. And of course, me and Sidgwick will be back on Monday to review this episode of AEW Rampage. But for now, this will be the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.